Well, welcome to church today. Uh, we thought today we'd mix it up a little bit, and I've asked Cole, our, Cole Farlow is our student yeah. pastor. For those of you that don't know Cole, he pastors our students. In fact, Wednesday night, what do y'all got going on Wednesday oh, night? we got a Christmas party going on, y'all. It's going to be crazy. I'm giving away stuff. What We're kind of worshiping stuff you, Jesus. What kind of stuff are you giving away? You know, I don't know yet, to be honest with you. <laughs> Me and Ryan, we're trying to we're trying to figure we're trying to figure out if we can get like okay. an Xbox and new Xbox you have a good, or something. You had a good morning. You had a good morning. Uh, yeah, the first service went pretty well. Okay, it a little did. Little interesting at times. Little interesting Got at a times. A little weird, but it was fun. It, it was. It, it was. Okay, but it, hey, it, listen. If you want to ask a question, it, it's on the screen. I see it right there on the bottom right hand side. See it right there. All right, there we go. Yeah, yeah, right there too. Ask Pastor Pete along with your question and nine cent and um. Why yeah. don't they include me on that? Do I? Why is it only you? <laughs> uh, True. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> True. That's what Ricky said. I All know. right. Hey, let's go ahead and get to the first question. Let's go ahead and put the first question up. Pastor P. <laughs> Sorry, Cole. Um, what are you the most excited about for the future of our church? Oh, that's easy. It's a softball. It's, it's, it's next weekend. And, and let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. It's our Christmas services. So next weekend, our Christmas services, we have 6 o'clock on Saturday night. And, and it'll be, um, we're not streaming that online, so you've got to be in person. And then Sunday is our normal times, 9, 15, and 11 o'clock. But the reason I'm so excited is this is the first year that we've had Christmas services where we're actually telling you to invite somebody to church. Because last, like in the Barbaritos building, we didn't say it that much. Because if you invited somebody, you might not get a seat. But this year, we have room. God has made a way, like we just sang about. And people are more likely to come to church at Christmas than any other time of year, even Easter. So if you have a friend or a family member that doesn't know Christ or needs to be in church, get them here next weekend. Tell them you're going to the mall and you just have to park across the street and say, oh my gosh, that second chance. I think that's like an antique store. And then walk in here, bam! Instantly saved. I've never said that in my life before. I just made that up on the spot. That was good, wasn't that's it? Good. All right, you got the rest of the service. Take it. All right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so there we go. That's what, Honestly, that's what I'm most excited about. All right, next question. Let's do this. Let's do it. If someone hasn't given their life to Jesus yet, and they get Alzheimer's or other cognitive decline, do they still have a chance? Cole? I don't know. I would say, yeah. I mean, I believe, I believe God. I mean, we just sang Waymaker. Like, I believe, I believe that that's true. And I, there's a lot of situations in life that are, I guess I could say, the, the solution to the problem is unexplainable. But so many of you in this room have, have dealt with a situation like that in your life. And then Jesus comes and does a miracle. So I, I would say, I, you know, I don't know. My earthly mind would say, I don't know. But I do know that I follow a Jesus, a God that, that does impossible things. You guys are better than the last group. Thank you. I think he smoked that question. That was awesome. I would say, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. I agree. Nothing to add. There we go. Next one. Would you be open to host Celebrate Recovery at Second Chance? Um, I don't know a ton about Celebrate Recovery, to be honest with you. I, I do. don't know a ton. Cole and I have started talking about starting something, but we don't know what. 
Um, but at some point, maybe, I'm not sure, uh, is the answer to that question. Something like it. But it would be, it, it, it would be something that we develop. It would be second chance-ish. Is that a word? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've spent a lot of time at, in Celebrate Recovery in the past, and I, I really like it. But I would, yeah. Again, this is something we've talked about. It's something like I, I, we would love to see something like that happening at our church at some point in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. sure when. So we're open to it. We're not sure when. So keep your eyes and ears open and, and keep praying about it. Yeah. All right. Next. Oh. Did you freeze? Okay. <laughs> I thought we lost him for a second. Okay. So so let, let's be 100% honest about this question because I'm not scared of it. Toxic can mean so many different things. So, um, first of all, does, okay, does God forgive? Anything after that is yes. Yeah. Okay, so, so yes. But, but digging into this question, I've discovered a couple of things just in my personal journey and having experienced divorce myself, okay? A lot of people say, say toxic, and, and it's not toxic. It's you found somebody else. It's you stopped working on your marriage. It's that you didn't care anymore. It's that you gave up. It's that the other person said something that you didn't like, and you called them emotionally abusive and left, Okay? And then you got the other extreme where there's li like physical abuse, like legitimate physical abuse um, or, or emotional abuse. And I, I'm, I'm talking serious emotional abuse. Now, I, I know what the Bible says about divorce. Trust me. I've had it quoted to me lots and lots. And, and so have many of you. But I'm a father. And, and if my daughter was in a horrible situation, I would want her at least, even if it's just temporarily, to get out of that situation. And so, so if the person here is asking the question, does, did God forgive you for leaving a toxic marriage? God, God forgives, but at the end of the day, we've got to wrestle with the, the why. And, and understand, and God, God even forgives stupid decisions. Trust me, I've made plenty. Anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I just... Well, let me just say this, because yeah. divorce sucks. It does. I've gone through it. You know what divorce is like? Two people sitting at a table, and you're looking at this person saying, it's all your fault, and this person looking at the other person saying, it's all your fault. And you know what divorce is like? Divorce is like walking through a sewer... And then when you get out of the sewer and go your separate ways, you both sm still smell like crap. That's what it's like. I should have at least got one hand clap in, the, in somewhere in there, okay? There is life after divorce. I'm just saying, I'm just telling you, it sucks. Cole? Yeah, I mean, I, I've never been through a divorce, but I, uh, speaking to the forgiveness portion of it, I mean, God will forgive you if you left a non-toxic marriage, like... What does Jesus not forgive? Right. I haven't found one thing yet. Right. 
Mic drop. That's it. That's good. Next question. Next question. Do you think it's possible Ooh. books have been left out of the Bible? I like this one. You want me to? You want me to go? <laughs> um, it is interesting. Uh, like many people theorize that Paul had writ, wrote f like four letters to uh, Corinth. Um, yeah, three or four. I don't know. I thought it was three. Something like that. I don't know. But probably four. So I don't. I guess I, I can't say like they were left out of the Bible, but there are definitely documents um, that would have documented things that, like, say, Paul or probably Jesus even did that we don't have. Right. And so, I mean, if we had them, would they be in there? Maybe. The, I don't know. <laughs> what what year did they canonize the New Testament? Was it like 323 A.D.? Yeah, something like that. Something like 323 A.D. is where they, and there were so many stipulations to where an epistle or a, a, a gospel, like there's the gospel of Thomas, which is not legit because Jesus was turning little kids into butterflies, okay? And even if you love butterflies, I don't think Jesus turned kids into butterflies. Yeah. Um, now, if you're Catholic, you get the Apocrypha, which is a whole lot, you get extra books of the Bible to read, okay? That but at the end of the day, there was the, the early church fathers had a, a way that was determined the scriptures and the way they came together. And if you look at the whole thing, and, and, and by the way, by the way, and this is just me personally, I have a hard enough time following the Bible that we have. I thank God there's not some extra yeah. books because Amen. God help us all, right? All right, next question. That's good. God can control everything, so why would he let evil be created? Me or you? Here's how I answer this question. So let's back to Genesis. Um, By the way, Cole, what's your favorite Bible verse? Oh my gosh. What's I your had somebody Bible? else text me before the service another one that I might add to my favorite repertoire. But Genesis 2.23, the man and his wife were naked and felt no shame. <laughs> you like that one too, I promise. Oh, it was a question, I don't remember. Oh, okay, that's right. Back to Genesis. Back to Genesis. Um, so God creates everything, sticks Adam and Eve in the garden, right? Uh, one of my questions, I guess, that I, I, I kind of had early on was, that had to do with this, was God puts all these trees or whatever in this garden, but he also puts a bad one in there. So why, why put the bad one in there, right? I'm, I remember being like 18 or something, being like, he created it, just leave it out, we have no problem. I, I believe that as humans, we actually have to have the choice to choose to, we have to choose good versus evil, right? In order, so like in order for, for it to be true love, I have to have a choice to, to not do it. Right. Correct? So like I, if I made my wife, if I forced her to love me, how many of you know that's not true love? So like I, I really, I actually believe that I don't. I don't think God causes evil. I'm actually a big, I, I, don't, I don't think he does. I think he allows it though because we have the option to either choose light or dark, Jesus or not. Does that make sense? I completely agree. I think, for example, it, it's kind of like, it's, it's like money. Is money evil? 
No, the love of money is evil, right? The love of money is the root of all evil. But like, my, it I got, love money, man. Huh? I love money. I'm just kidding. You're so evil. Sorry. <laughs> Keep going. You picked ministry. You picked the wrong profession to get. All right, next question. How do we share the gospel in today's society without fear of harm? Okay, so, yeah, I'm going to say this. I don't know what he's about to say. You're in America. And, and I want to be super sensitive, but, but I want to be very real. Fear of harm in America is somebody is going to say something negative about you on social media. I've been, I've traveled the world, and I've seen what fear of harm looks like. Here, we get an unfollow on Instagram. In other parts of the world, you get your tongue removed from your head. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, let's, let's talk about that, that fear of harm. In America, and maybe there's some parts of America that I haven't seen, but I've been in 44 states. I've got six more to go. I'm just telling you. In America, fear of harm, in comparison to what the rest of the world has, it, we, we really have a lot to be thankful for because we, we're not at risk for the government coming in and shutting this place down, right? And so, um, but at the end of the day, like for the person that really does struggle with fear of, of harm, I would say <laughs> go for it and trust Jesus. He has a way of shutting the mouths of lions and delivering people through fire and, and delivering you in a storm. And so he, he's got a really consistent, awesome track record. Yeah. That's all. Okay. 10 out of 10. Thanks, man. Yeah. All right. Next question. God says to love everyone. How do you love serial child and or animal abusers? Serial killers? Serial, yeah. Ah. Yeah, I guess. God says to love everyone. How do you love serial? Okay, so look, I'll tell you how I love it. I'll tell you how I love people. When you see somebody sin, and if you're in church world, let's be honest. When somebody in church world sins, it gets put on display. Okay? Here's how I deal with it. And Cole, Cole may have a completely different take. But when I see somebody do something that is just like atrocious, you know where my mind goes? By God's grace, that's not me. By God's grace, that's not me. And, 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 and some people go, oh, I would never. Okay, stop. Be careful about saying what you will never do. So, so the way that I personally deal with this is when I see somebody fall or one of these things, I have to say, it's by God's grace. I'm not the person that I'm having a hard time loving right now. That's, that's me personally. Yeah. No, I, I would just, I would answer this. Just one, people, people are hard to love in, in general, whether they're serial childs or not. <laughs> mm. Like... They're just difficult. So I, I think something that I try to teach really often is that love is a choice. 
And so often in our culture, we, we, we think that love is this feeling, you know, like I start dating somebody and then I, like, I feel a certain way about them and then I say I love them and then we get married and we're all happy and then, oh crap, six months later, I don't like them as much anymore, let's just move on. Like love is a choice. I wake up every morning and I have the option whether or not I'm going to choose to love Addy. Like that's, that's, that's the reality. And so difficult people, I think for me, for me, it's street preachers, honestly. The most difficult people to love. I swear I'm being dead serious. I'm with you. I want to, I don't even want to say from a public stage. No, you what can, I, want I to mean, do you can say people. it from here. <laughs> we, hey, hey, we've both been fired. So like, what, I mean, what, what's going to happen? What's the worst know. thing that can happen? I, I could, yeah, I don't, I don't even want to think about it. But <laughs> I don't know. I just always, I always wrestle with that. When I'm like downtown Greenville, I see some street preacher telling everybody they're going to hell. I'm like, man, I, I can get pissed or I can choose to say, you know what? God loves that person too, even though I think Does what he? they're doing is wrong. I'm I, just kidding. I, I think. But you, you see what I'm saying? It's like I, I think love is something that we choose to do. It's not something we feel. I got, I got in so much trouble <laughs> one time when me and a friend saw a street preacher. And I, I got angry. I did. I got angry. And um, <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling this story. <laughs> and they were like, you should really just pause right now because God could use that person to reach somebody. Hmm. And I said, you're right. But in the Bible, God used a jackass <laughs> to talk to Balaam. So does that mean we need to go hang out with farm animals to figure out the will of God? I would say They're not my friend not. anymore, but <laughs> it felt good. I bet it felt real good. Okay, next question. Is using obscene language, <laughs> how about that? Cussing in the bedroom between, whoa, whoa snap! This got, this got real, real fast. In the bedroom. Let's pray and get out of here. Let's pray and go to lunch. Man! <laughs> I'd say go for it. What verse are you looking up? I'm going to do a couple. I'm going to do a couple. The first is, uh, hold on, Hebrews. Chapter 13, verse 4. Um, <laughs> what is it? Where are you going with this? I, don't know, I was going to, it doesn't say what I thought it said. The marriage bed is undefiled, basically, is what the KJV says. So, what a, listen, I'm just telling y'all, between a married couple, I am not the guy with a referee jersey and a flag and a whistle that's going to pop in this afternoon and call a foul, all right? Just, there, hold on, I'm, I'm going to prove to people that I actually know where some Bible verses are. Take your kids to, to SC Kids, this is PG-13 in here. Yeah, if you're SC Kids, and oh yeah, right here in Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse, verse um, yeah, Four, your neck is as beautiful as the Tower of David, eh. jeweled with shields. Your, your breasts are like two fawns. Nice. 
I, I've never thought of them as Twin fawns of a gazelle grazing among the lilies. What does that mean? I will climb the palm tree. I will take hold of its fruit. What does this mean? Sounds to me like somebody's getting jiggy with it, you know? I, you know. I can't wait for the next question, man. Are we ready to move on? Okay. What's my favorite thing about students? Oh, my gosh. Thank you, guys, by the way. Good. I haven't gotten a personal question yet. I know. I'm going to get some text questions. Go ahead. I, 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 this is, sounds lame. I love it all. Um, I honestly believe, and I've told, I've told many people this, that it's what I was born to do is tell young people about Jesus, walk alongside them, uh, lead leaders, all of it. That, and it's also just really fun. We eat pizza. We play games. Like, I, it's just really fun. I don't know. I love, love what I do. It's the best job ever. Thanks for letting me do it, man. Thanks for coming on staff. I mean, I'm... You're the best. Well, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy. I just go, Cole, go reach students, and he does it. And by the way, I cannot wait till we get our student facility built because it's going to be absolutely... Absolutely amazing. I know. I can't sleep at night, man. I'm too excited. I know, excited. man. It's all excited. All right. Next question. Some claim that you're not qualified. If you're not qualified, why did you start Second Chance? <laughs> I'm guessing that's for you, Cole. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, nobody's ever said that about me. Somebody got, somebody got mad at me this week and said, no, next time you're going to have to start Third Strike Church. I went... Hold on to that. That's a That's great a idea. idea. Third strike. I love that. Um, yeah. This is so fun. So here, here's the thing I would, I would say about being qualified. I'm not. I've never been. Let me, I, I want to say this with as much as grace as I can, and I want you to hear this not as me being angry, but me just being very truthful. The people that label me unqualified are not the people that qualified me in the first place. And so, so I will answer to God one day. But when I say I've never been qualified, I, there's, hold on, I actually do know where this is, Cole. Um, the first Timothy three, you got letter of law versus spirit of the law. And people quote first Timothy three and Titus one to try to say that I'm not qualified. Um, and, and you know, if you're going, uh, so a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. I'm not above reproach. By the way, neither is any church leader that I know. Uh, he must be faithful to his wife. Okay? I haven't been faithful to my wife. Have you ever looked at a woman lustfully? Neither of you. Oh, by the way, every pastor I know has seen a woman and looked at her lustfully. Okay? Let's just, uh, he must be, uh, he must exercise self-control. I don't exercise self-control. 
all the time. You exercise self-control? Lots of times I don't. Yeah. You get me with some white chocolate Reese's? <laughs> he must enjoy having guests at his home. Yeah, I'm going to hell. <laughs> he sets time limits for the amount of time you're allowed to come over. I'm dead serious. That's not a joke. We'll be having dinner from 6 to 7.30. 7.30? If you're not out of my house, I'll take off my clothes. <laughs> it makes everybody leave. I haven't seen that, though. Yeah. He must be able to teach. Um, he must not be a heavy drinker. <laughs> so a light drinker's okay. <laughs> I mean, you got letter of the law, spirit of the law. At the end of the day, hey, none of, all of us need God's grace. I, I get up every day and do my best to follow Jesus. I try to remain as faithful to him as possible. I screw it up every day. And you know what? Going through what I went through, you know what, it dis you know what, you know what I discovered? I've never been qualified. Yeah. It's always been by his grace. Yeah. It's always been by his mercy. Yeah. It's always been by his love. And, and I, I, this is just me personally. I, I think just based on the conversations I've had in the first-timers area, because I'm so unqualified, we're reaching people yeah. that a lot of churches would never reach. I love it, man. It's good. I got a little shaky on that one. But good shaky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good shaky. I get there. Okay, good. Next one. How did you know when it was time to move past your church hurt or hurt in general and step into your next season? I mean, we've both kind of been, I mean, you yeah. go first. Man. I think for, for me, it was a process. Because, um, you know, there's, I guess, chunks of time. For me, it was, you know, I, I was fired from my church. Uh, we sold our house. Addie quit her job so we could go to basically my version of rehab. Um, that part sucked really, really, really bad. Um, but then this happened. That's a whole other story. Um, and we moved here. And I think that I didn't realize how, how hurt I still was right. um, for a while. And it was even into, into like, we, I don't know, a few months into like students after we had started it, which is probably I'd been here for a year now. Um, that I started to get like my, I don't even know what to call it, my giddiness back. Confidence. Yeah, my confidence, yeah. my excitement, my passion, like my drive. And I remember sitting, we have our staff meetings, we grab some chairs and circle them up right here on Mondays. And I remember we were just talking, he always asks us a hard question to start off. Not always. I mean, a lot of times we're always like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Am I wrong? Somebody call a ambulance. <laughs> But I, I, and I don't even remember what you asked that day, man, but I was like, man, I think I'm back. And I, I say all that to say, like, going through pain and hurt uh, and coming out on the other side takes time. Everybody's different, man. Everybody has their own story. Everybody takes their own amount of time to work through it. Um, for me, it, it just it took time. It took people in my corner that I could be honest with. Uh, it took my wife being patient with me. Man, I, I don't know if there's one answer I could 
give to you to say, here's what to do. I, I would just say, man, keep your head down. Keep following Jesus. And, and, and step by step by step, we'll get there. Well, because let's be honest. There's not a person in this room that hasn't been affected by church hurt in some way, shape, form, or fashion. In fact, I would say, and I'll look right into the camera and say this, there's some people watching online that you should be here, but you're not sure that you'll ever walk into a church again. And if I had your story, I would probably be saying the same thing. I've been church hurt. You've been church hurt. We've all been church hurt. But nobody has been church hurt more than Jesus. And if he hasn't given up, then we can't either. All, every, every one of us is going to get hurt. Humans hurt other humans. And we don't even have to try. So for me, the, the way I got, first of all, I'm not over it. I'm not. I still have times and seasons where I get angry, where I cry, where I want to punch something. Um, I, I ju- but you know what I can tell you is every single day it gets just a little bit better. I mean, for, for, for me. Yeah. And, and the reason I knew it was time to move on is because I went back to a quote that, that somebody shared with me long ago, and I never will forget it. He said, one of these days, you're going to stand in front of somebody whose assignment was much tougher than yours. And he didn't quit, so you can't either. That's, that's what... I hate that quote. God. <laughs> anyway, next question. Yeah, Keep going. What are your views on women in ministry, not including children's ministry? Actually, great tag at the end there. Yeah, it's good. Because your wife and my wife work in children's ministry. Here's a second chance. I'm pumped about that, by the way. Great. You want me to go? I mean... The, the people have spoken. Here's the thing. I'm all about it. I, I love it. In fact, I, I do love that you included this. Um, I, I, don't think, I, I don't think we call enough women pastors, to be honest with you. I love women in ministry. I think they're great. Uh, yeah. I don't know what else to say. Ladies, is that all right? So, for me, I, I know where this question usually comes from. It's usually an insecure man who a woman's doing the job better than him. And he found an obscure Bible verse yes. about women covering their heads. And, and if you take it completely out of context, the next thing you know, you got a wife wearing a denim jumper with a doily on her head and she makes her own butter. Some of y'all didn't laugh because I just described your in-laws, but, but you. So let me give you my, do y'all want, do y'all want the raw answer? Because I, I, I can, okay, this is, okay, so, so I understand about women in the ministry. I understand about all the apostles were men. That's great. Okay, but, but here's my question, and this is where I go back. The most important thing that ever happened in the history of Christianity is the resurrection. True or false? It's true. We wouldn't know about it if it wouldn't have been for the women. Because yeah. the men were scared to death. And this is what I believe. With over 4 billion people 
on the planet that do not know Christ, what we pee out of should not determine whether or not we have the right to step into a church in a leadership role and actually administer the gospel. That was awkwardly like serious and funny at the exact same time. I didn't know if I needed to amen or laugh. Both are appropriate. Okay, yeah. good, good, good. Okay, cool, cool. It's a great question. No, you're right, man. I mean, like, I even think of, like, the first person Jesus tells, he, like, reveals him, his true self to is the woman at the well. John like, 4, yeah. Yes, so just time after time again, even in Scripture, I, I see God, he just loves women. <laughs> okay, well, okay, let me use a very practical example. Let me use a very, very practical example. You're going to have to get my back because I'm going to get hurt for this. Oh, my. Okay? Okay. I got it no matter what. You got me? I got you. Okay, Heidi, stand up for a minute. Oh. <laughs> Come up here and answer a question. <laughs> okay, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm making an example. This is, now, Heidi's on staff. Um, she is the, quote, director of volunteers. But Heidi actually pastors more people during a week than I do. Because she talks and pastors and leads our volunteers. I dare somebody in front of me to come up to her and tell her she's not a pastor. Yeah. That she pastors people in this church. So, anyway, you can sit down there. That's easy uh, to have your background, yeah. by the way, man. It's easy. I mean, Heidi, Heidi, Heidi is a pastor. She's a pastor. Period. She's freaking good at it. Yeah, too. she's freaking That's amazing. Cool. Some of y'all are like, I don't know Heidi. Well, you don't volunteer. You <laughs> Put your I love my church shirt up until you get to know Heidi. Ooh, I got your back. Okay. Next question. I'm feeling feisty. How do you deal with a situation where you haven't been to church in years and you don't fully know if you believe in your faith yet? Um, I think, I think one of the things I well I know one of the things I love the most about this church and you guys love this too is the fact that you're you're able to come here and we don't just say this you're able to come here and be you, right? Whatever that means, whatever struggle, the good, the bad, all of it, um, and we we live that we experience that here, um, and one of those things that I think y you can do here is wrestle with doubt. Because if we're being honest, like, we have all probably doubted God to some degree at, at certain points in our lives. 100%. I remember, again, going back to it, when I got fired from my job, like, Lord, are you real? I thought I heard 100%. you. I thought, I thought you were with me. I thought this was your plan for my life. Like, are you even out there? And I think in order, if, if, if you're struggling with that, I think the best thing you can do is press in. Yes. Is, is, is not lean out. It's to, it's to push in and say. Vocalize it. Yes. Hey, guys, I'm struggling with this. And, you know, I've heard so many stories of people that have been like, hey, I don't, I don't know if I believe in God. I don't know what I believe about God. I don't. And people saying, you just, you need to read your Bible more. Well, that, well, that doesn't freaking help. Like, just like if you don't believe in God. <laughs> exactly. And so I think the most helpful thing for you if that is you, is to, to keep leaning in, keep talking about it. Um, and if people respond to you poorly, well, they suck. Well, there you go. Yeah. 
for me, let me, let me tell you where I got to in my faith journey. And I'm talking about at the lowest part of my faith journey, I had to go back to, there's one, there's one event in Christianity that if you remove this one event, all of it falls apart, and it's the resurrection. Is the resurrection real? Yes. Well, if the resurrection is real, then Jesus pulled off what he said he was going to pull off. So I need to pay attention to the words of, of Jesus. So you go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you just read, I mean, if you just want to skip over everything except the words in red, you can. I mean, just don't, you don't have to have it all figured out. Just start with where you are and just keep moving forward. Yeah. Articulate it. Admit you're wrestling because you know what? God has never worried about anyone wrestling without. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 118, he says, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. God's like, you got questions? Bring them. Yep. So I, I'm, if that's you, I'm glad you're here. I'm yeah. super glad you're here. It's a safe place to wrestle with your faith. Yep. Yep. Next, what are your thoughts on as an alternative to the responsibility of multiple campuses doing your year-end giving giveaways where Second Chance gives community organizations that are already in that area doing a great job with needs? We do like a lot project stuff. We yeah okay we well that. okay I'll be very fair I'll answer this question. Um, I I love the fact that we get to partner with other organizations in Anderson, South Carolina, and we do. We we partner with other organizations. We partner with them. Um, financially, I mean, I ran a marathon for one. I mean, we, we, we are into it. But at the end of the day, the calling of this church is to reach as many people as possible. And also, at the end of the day, I, I'm just telling you, as a leader, I'm responsible for casting vision and raising funds for this organization. And I want to help and partner with other organizations. But at the end of the day, I'm called to lead this church and I'm putting my money, my heart, my everything into this church because I believe this church is going to reach more people for Christ. Now, if I believed in another organization as much as I believed in this church, I would give my time and my money there. It's very simple. Yeah, it's tough. I, I would just, I totally get the question. Um, and I, we do very much so support community organizations here. We, we actually do. Um, but I think for us, you and us just as a leadership team, it's really, it's pretty painfully obvious right now where God is leading us. And it's exciting. And so, I mean, we're honestly, it's, I feel like it's, this is just us saying yes to what he's asking hey, of us. But, yes. Well, because let me, let me just say this. Um, I've had people say, so are you excited about starting other campuses? No. <laughs> no. Oh, if good. I had my way, I would still be in the living room with an iPhone 7 preaching to a screen. That was easy. Yeah. Reaching more people is more difficult. More people, more problems, right? So at the end of the day, I, it's not, I don't, I, listen, I've had all that. I know it, it, the only reason we're doing this next phase is because God won't let me sleep. I just said, fine, we'll do it. And let me just, let me just say this about him quick. Like, one of the reasons I love you so much, man, is, is you have done that. Like, you've had the numbers, you've had the, the fame, whatever. And, like, having personally known you for a couple years now, like, you, you don't care about those things. I don't. And I, and I, I seriously I don't care. I love that about you, man. All you want to do as our leader is, is follow where Jesus leads you. And 
that's the reason we're seeing what we're seeing is because he is very faithful about that. And we should celebrate that <laughs> very much. Next question. Next question. Will there be more Bible studies like we did in the Church Hurt series in the future? I really enjoyed them. Um, yeah, yes, the answer is yes. We don't know when. We don't know how. We, we just, the reason we did that is because we really felt like God led us to do that. Yep. So, great question. Yep. Next. Oh, man. Did we, am I on? Did we do the why did God let bad things happen in this service or last one? I don't remember. It all runs together. The last hey, one? so so let me let me answer this question. Let me just. I was sexually abused as a child. It sucks. You never you never ever ever re. I mean, I've never gotten over it. But, I mean, there's. It just, it's for me, it's a reminder that there's evil in the world. And some people make the choice to do evil. Um, if God wiped out all evil at 12 o'clock today, none of us would be here at 12.01. Yeah. This is heartbreaking. But then I also have to lean into the fact that one day, one day, this will never happen again. Everything that's wrong will be made right. All the abuse and neglect and hurt and the pain that we've all felt and experienced will all go away and we will be in the presence of Jesus. And, um, but yeah, this, this breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. Yeah, I just, I just want to read this quick. I, and hopefully I don't cry. I read this, or I cry almost every time I read this. Revelation 21, it just, it's talking about the end. Yeah. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God is home. God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Hmm. And there will be no more death or Amen. sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. It's so good. I freaking cried again. It's so good. And I just, I, I hate evil. I hate this. But, man, the hope we have. Not even just then when, we're, when we die or, or at the end times, but it, just the hope that we have now mm -hmm. is, is so good. Mm -hmm. Man, that's a good verse. You go. Yeah. I'm feeling red-faced. Next question. Next question. For someone new to salvation, where would you encourage them to begin reading scripture? Leviticus. John, what would you say actually? No, I would say, I would say the gospel of John. Yeah. The gospel of John. There's 21 chapters in the gospel of John. You can read one chapter per day in three weeks. You've read a complete book about the story of the life of Jesus. So and, and every chapter shows a different aspect of who he is. And he either have, has one or two ma miracles or major statements that Jesus makes. I would not read Leviticus first. Like ever. <laughs> no, I love Leviticus. Leviticus not me. It's got some good stuff in it, man. When Don't they bring the goat out and everybody prays over the goat and the goat goes out and nobody knows where the goat went. And that's awesome. It's called the scapegoat. That's where we get the phrase scapegoat from. I know. 
What about the part where it's like send the women on their periods out of the town for, for the week? You like, I'm not saying I endorse it. It's second chance, I can say this. Now you know God was a man, because he wrote that, right? Some guys are thinking that's not a bad idea. Can we bring that one back? Some of y'all aren't laughing and you know you want to, all right? Next question. My feelings on this are so... It's hard, man. You can't. Yeah. You can't. It's so frustrating. But both of us know something about this, by the way. I'm just telling you, as, as somebody that, sh- that struggled with this, the, the, when, when people came up to me to try to fix me, it made me want to drink more, and it made me push you away. Yes. Because I was your project. I was not your friend. Yes. I don't need to be anybody's project, and nobody wants to be your project. Luke 15, the prodigal son. When, and this is why, by the way, when people call me and they say, will you call my brother? Will you call my husband? Will you call and will you talk to them? The answer is always no. You know why? The prodigal son, the Bible says, when he came to his senses. Sometimes you got to lose a lot to come to your senses. Sometimes people have to hit rock bottom. When you jump into a swimming pool, When you hit bottom, it's actually a good thing because you can push off the bottom and get back to the surface. You you keep somebody from hitting the bottom, you might keep them from preventing, you might prevent them from doing the thing that actually shoots them back to the surface. Prodigal son, when he, until a person says, I need help, it sucks because we're powerless. Like, you've seen that television show, what was it, the intervention show, what was it? Intervention? Yeah, they don't, they don't show the statistics on that show. Yeah, they don't show the stats on that show. That most of the people, an overwhelming majority of the people they did the intervention actually went back into what they were doing. Yeah. Because they didn't want help. I, I'm sorry, I, yeah. just, I get fired up about no, I, that. No, I know. It's, it's obviously a subject that's close to my heart as well. Um, you're right. It, and that's really frustrating to me as well, is... It has to be a decision that a person makes. But I, I will say this, things like uh, being honest with somebody matter a lot. Um, things like having people that, that do love you a lot, that matters a ton. People that aren't just going to say, you need to read your Bible and then come back to me. You know, stuff like that. Like, I, I can be honest with him every, all, every day. And I need that. Those are the things that are actually helpful for me is when I have people surrounding me that I can tell the truth to that say, I love you. We're going to make it through this rather than sign this paper. You need to be oh better my God. in two months or it's over. That crap doesn't work. <laughs> right? So thank you again because you've been one of the many people in this church that have allowed me to be honest and wear my own struggle on my, 
whatever it's called. Sleeve. Sleeve. Yeah, there you go. Hey, we're going to, like, we'll do two more questions. But let, let me just, let me just say this. That whole honest thing, I, like, I'm, I'm serious about, like, let somebody be honest. Be honest with them. Do you think I have a problem? I mean, I do think you have, like, be honest. But at the end of the day, one of the best things you can do for somebody is celebrate the wins. And when I say celebrate the wins, like, one of the things I love about being, I gotta love this about First Timers area. At least once a week or once every other week, somebody comes in that area, it's their first time here, and they tell me how long they've been clean. It gets me every time. You know why? Because I'm going to celebrate the person that's been clean for 10 years, and I'm going to celebrate the person that's been clean for two days. Just the same. Just the same. Don't look down on the person that's been clean for two days and say, well, you know what, we'll, we'll see if you make it a week. Congratulations. Congratulations. You triggered them. Anyway, and the whole sign this piece of paper saying you'll never do it again, it's literally one of the dumbest things in the world. Because until they want help, they'll just lie. So you set them up to lie and abuse. Way to go. So true. Sorry. So a yeah. couple more and then we'll be done. I'm sorry. We could I, I, that I'm all fired up on that one. Okay. Uh, I recently lost my dad and I don't understand why. At times I feel angry at God. How do I maintain my Christianity when I have these feelings? Amigo? I, here's, what I, here's what I would say right off, right off the bat is I, I think we have, I, I don't think God causes pain and suffering. I don't think he, he's, he wakes up and he's like, you know what, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill off some people. Right. Like, sorry, that sounds brutal, but no, it's, I'm being it's serious. That, that's not who he is. And something that helps me in these moments is, is understanding that God actually hurts more than we do for, for in, in these circumstances. He, he, he knows your dad more than you do. He made him. He hurts when, when we experience loss as well. And so I understand why you'd be frustrated with God, but I, I wonder if it would help a little bit if you, you sort of switched your thinking to God didn't cause this. Ultimately, the freaking devil caused it. <laughs> you know, like, let's not make an enemy out of God when he's not doing things in a, how do you say this, like a, no, that's good. A bat, he's, he has no bad intentions right, towards right. humanity. Right. I, As, I mean, listen, I lost my mom when I was 11. She was 49. I was angry at God for years, and it didn't serve me well. I lost my dad of Alzheimer's several years ago, and I was angry at God then, too, because the day he forgot my name was one of the most painful days of my life, when your dad forgets your name. Um, but it, for me, just, just for me, I can picture it. I can picture, I can picture my mom and my, my dad in heaven, and they both knew Christ. I can picture my mom cancer-free and, and beautiful, and I can picture my dad in his right mind. And I can picture them 
with Jesus. And when, when, I see, when I see that, when I see it, it brings me so much peace. I understand being angry. But our, Jesus said, our home's not in this world. Last question, last question. As a child of God, will you be judged for things you had to do for your country if you have asked for forgiveness and to be set free from the nightmares? I, I know what this is. Wow. I know what this is. Yeah. You're, a, you're, a, um, you're a veteran. And uh, you fought in a war. I'm, 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 this, I'm I just... And uh, man, I've talked to some military veterans. I've talked to so many military veterans who went off and fought a war that they weren't even sure they wanted to fight in. And by the way, let me pause real quick. To all of our veterans, all of our veterans in the room or online, thank you. Thank you for being willing to do what you did and put your life on the line. I mean, I honor you. I, I, think, I think you're great men and women, and, and you did some hard things. So thank you. And, and you may be seated. And, and for, the, for the, the nightmares that you... Um, that you have, I, I can't even begin to understand what that might be like. But at the end of the day, you you stepped into the military and you followed orders and you were fighting for your country. Um, and so, will you be judged for that? No, you won't be judged for that. If you know Jesus, Jesus literally took every ounce of sin that you and I have committed, he took it on himself. He took it on, on himself. And, and so the answer is no. We, as, as, the, the question isn't will we be judged or not be judged. The question is do we know Christ or do we not know Christ? Because if we know Christ, when we pray to receive Jesus, Jesus steps in as our substitute. And every ounce of wrath and judgment from God, he, it fell on him on the cross. That payment becomes our payment. And if we don't know Jesus, then all of that wrath and judgment is going to fall on us one day. There's a place called hell. It's very real. And people that don't know Jesus really do go there. So at the end of the day, it comes down to what we do with Jesus. Have we accepted Christ? Because he gives us eternal life and abundant life on, here on earth. And, or have we rejected Jesus? Listen, God doesn't send anyone to hell. If you go to hell, you had to step over a bloodstained cross to get there. Remember that. Jesus died on a cross so that you and I could have eternal life. That's the real question. So with that in mind, can we stand for prayer? Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, as we just pause for a moment, God, for those of us in the room that know you, God, thank you 
that you meet us at the place of our biggest questions. And Father, for those in the room that may not know you, Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would just absolutely move in this place and move our hearts. Well, heads bowed and eyes closed right now. I want to ask you this question. Do you know Jesus? Does Jesus live inside of you? Have you prayed to receive Christ into your life? It's not something you do when you become a better person or something like today's the day. Today. Today is the day that you know you need to pray to receive Christ. If that's you, then I want you right where you stand right now just to pray this in your heart. Just in your heart. Just pray, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need you as my Savior. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sin. And right now, Jesus, I receive you into my life. Come in and take over. In Jesus' name I pray. With heads still bowed and eyes still closed all over the room. Heads still bowed and eyes still closed. If you just prayed to receive Christ, if you just said that prayer, do me a favor right now and put your hands straight up in the air. I want to see you. Amen. Amen. That was, that was quick. Amen. Right up in the air. Straight up in the air. Hold it up. Hold it up. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you right now. You prayed the prayer. Father, I want to thank you so much for these hands in the air. Father, I want to thank you that you meet us. Every time we get together, Jesus, you're faithful. You save people. You draw people. Father, today I pray that you would take what has been said. You would strengthen us. The people that still have questions and doubts and fears, we would know, Jesus, that you are greater than our questions and our doubts and our fears. God, that you are a way maker, a promise keeper, a miracle worker, a light in the darkness. We can walk out of this room knowing, God, that you are with us, you are for us, you have greater things planned, and we love you for that. We ask this in Jesus' name. Everybody that agreed said amen, amen. Are you glad you came to church today? Man, I am too. We'll see you all next week for Christmas services. God bless.